I'm actually really surprised this many people showed up. I'm very excited, also very nervous. So people are just going to have to bear with me because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Let me mute myself. Oh my gosh, no, don't leave me. Just kidding. <laughs> All right, hi guys. Um, I'm Aubrey. Uh, I am not an expert by any means. I chose Dreamwalking because it's something that's very, very interesting to me. And something I um, have been working on um, achieving. So I wanted to just do a talk about it. So not only I could learn more, but hopefully, you know, we can all discuss a little bit and learn from each other. So I'm just going to do a quick introduction on Dreamwalking since I know we wanted to kind of make our meetings a little shorter. Um, so from my personal understanding, and anyone can jump in at any time and correct me if I'm wrong, but my personal understanding... Dreamwalking, there's a lot of different cultures that have their own sort of dreamwalking. I know it's huge in Native American culture, which is, you know, one of the biggest ones in America, at least. And dreamwalking is almost like a leg up on lucid dreaming. It's where your higher self um, can meet in essentially like a dream world and meet with another person's higher self or a group of people or things like that. And... I know there are some people that can actually, like, go into other people's dreams without permission. That is not something I think you should do. I think you should always have permission. Um, but it's a place where you can meet with others and coexist. You can learn things. You can teach each other things. You can simply view things. Uh, just, you know, communication, things like that. And I think that's very, very interesting because I, my human self tends to have a hard time unlearning my things that were taught to me and trying to connect with my higher self so i've been working on dreamwalking so that my higher self can learn those things and help bring it back to my you know my human self i suppose but anyway does anyone else have any other experience with dreamwalking or anything they want to add right now anybody something i don't want to be the only one <laughs> uh yeah i actually i have I'll, I'll share my first experience with it if you're interested absolutely christine please <laughs> <laughs> i have i had started first with um, a dream study this is before i was completely aware of who i was but i was i was feeling pushed and pulled by all kinds of energy my hands were burning all kinds of weird things were happening in my life and, and I was getting really sick and I couldn't find out why. And so I joined um, the intention experiment and they were doing a dream study. And the, the dream was each, each week somebody would pick, would be picked to lead it and they would um, give a detail, but not enough detail for you to do anything more than try to join where they were. And then they would, once you were in the dream with them, we would all consciously be listening and we'd follow the directions and we'd participate. And then we would bring our dream experience and write it down and share it um, with the group throughout the week. Now, what happened was because I was doing this dream study, I started to become aware of my dreams. And then one day I had a dream of being in this really busy office room and I knew I was dreaming and it had nothing to do with the dream study, but without the dream study, I wouldn't have been aware. So I think that's a really important part about dreamwalking is to put some system in place that creates the awareness so that you can start to 
look for things. And in That's this really group, awesome. Thank you for saying Oh, yeah, cool. And that, that was critical for me because my dreams actually started plaguing me with really loud music before, you know, songs that would play so loud that they would wake me up. <laughs> So that wow. was another reason I entered the dream study program was because I was trying to figure out why was what was going on. Why was my why were my dreams playing music so loud that they would wake me up? And so in this particular dream, this loud office building, and I'm looking across, and I'm standing there, and there's somebody next to me. I can feel there's I'm not alone. So I do believe that somebody was walking with me, like you said. People can you know do this together, and. Somebody was holding up a sign, and I couldn't see the sign. Well, and if I didn't know I was dreaming, I would have tried to walk to them. But because I knew I was dreaming, I just zoomed in on the sign. And I took the, the word on the sign was Hadalara, and I locked it in. Okay, I'm going to wake up as soon as I get this memorized so that I can write it down. So I did that. And that's, again, the most important thing was to be aware and then to consciously hang on to it and pull it out of my dream state into my real life. And that's another thing about the dream study is as soon as you wake up, you need to either record audio or write down what you did because you're not going to remember. The brain goes back into a different state and into different parts. And it took me two weeks to find out what Hadalara meant. And it turned out it was an old Turkish word that meant relax. And... <laughs> I was looking, I know, right? And at the time, I was looking for a way to heal. And everything I was doing, I was, I mean, I was all over the place, hours and hours, trying to find a way to heal. And the solution was just to relax. And I, I think that was a really cool way for me to start my dream walking experience with, oh, okay. And then after that, uh, you know, making choices, matching up with people, and then sharing the dreams was just a really fun way to pay attention to how we can create in that reality. Thank you. No, that's that's really awesome. Like, lucid dreaming brings up a good point because um, it's like on your pathway to being able to dreamwalk. I know um, I've been practicing my lucid dreaming for a few months now, like, and it's really helped me kind of get into that mindset. Like, hey, Aubrey, you are dreaming. You have control of this reality um, that you are in. And, uh, like I had for a long time. And I mean, occasionally it still happens when I'm not being super mindful or setting my intent before bed, but I, I have stress dreams, like insane stress dreams where I wake up because I'm having such an insane stress within the dream that my heart is beating. I can't breathe. I'm sweating. Um, I don't ever remember what those dreams are about, but I just know that I feel almost like I'm panicking in my sleep. And so if I don't set my intent before I go to sleep to say, hey, you know, I am going to dream about this, this, and this, and I have control in there, um, I will have those stress dreams, those nightmares. And so because of those, that's what kind of got me into wanting to learn more about dream walking. Um, that, and I am also an author, so I like to have really weird, like, creative, like, dreams and you know, all of those weird things that happen that don't seem real in this reality. I just love that. So that helps me with my writing. Um, but for lucid dreaming, the best way that I've kind of figured out how to do it for myself is to set your intent before bed. And then also there's this other thing that I learned on, um, it's this amazing website. This girl, her name is um, Allison Gray, and she runs hologrampress.com. Everything Allison writes, like, I'm obsessed with. Like, the way she writes, it just it speaks to me. And 
helps me understand things in a way that other people normally couldn't explain it to me. Um, but one of the things she definitely stresses on is when you're trying to practice lucid dreaming is that you should set like a timer throughout the day. So if you want to set a timer for every few hours, just to kind of remind yourself to look around and check that you're awake. So like, look at your hands. Do you have, you know, what is normal for you? Do you have 10 fingers? Uh, you know, what are you wearing? What time is it? Look at the clock, look at yourself in the mirror, those kind of things just to make sure you are awake. And if you practice that every day during the day, when you are dreaming, that will carry on into that. And you can kind of look around and be like, oh, I can't see myself in the mirror. Or, oh, I look a little bit different. It will trick your brain into being like, hey, you are dreaming, which is kind of just the best way to practice lucid dreaming. That is totally awesome. I really, really love that advice. And I do believe, because when I'm in my dreams and I'm, I'm choosing to be in there, I look for things that I have picked for anchors so that I can, again, lock it in and, and stay solid in that reality. That's perfect advice. Yeah, thanks. I, it's really helped me. I mean, I still, I am such a newbie and I am so stubborn that I have such a hard time unlearning a lot of my old ways or the things that were taught to me about reality and being a human being so it's like i have to be like this is real aubrey like you can do these things you can be ascended you can have a better spiritual understanding of things it's not all you know what you were told and so if i'm not doing my meditation during the day if i'm not being more mindful of myself if i'm not taking proper care of my body or my mental health like i do have a harder time lucid dreaming and i think it honestly all comes down to how stubborn i am and that it, I am my biggest, like, my biggest enemy almost. Like, I stand in my way all the time. If I could just back off, I would be just fine. And I could be, like, an expert dreamwalker. But I am not quite there yet. <laughs> you know, but that's, our, that's the same experience we have in our daily lives, too, is we're always in our own way. And if we, if we acknowledge that we're in the way and we just back off, we give ourselves space. So uh, if that's in your real life, it's probably the same thing. You need to remind yourself multiple times a day, hey, I'm overly controlling my environment right now. I need to back off so that you could do the same in your dream walking then, right? Absolutely. No. I mean, Christy, you've known me for a while, and you have checked in on me, and you've spoken to my higher self, and you've done all that stuff, so you know better than anyone, probably even better than me, that I am a very stubborn girl, and <laughs> I do have a hard time, but I always talk to you about it and you always remind me to say you know to back off like I think it was yesterday I was talking to you about how I was having trouble like breathing I was having trouble you know wanting to be around my husband or my kid like I was just so irritable and grumpy and I just didn't want to be around anyone and you said well I spoke to you know your higher self and you're in your own way essentially and I had to remind myself to Aubrey you need to move and I am happy to announce that today has been much better awesome that is excellent yes so i don't know i really do think that your own practices in your daily life whether that be spiritual physical you know emotional all of that can definitely go into your dreaming self and it can carry on into there which is why i think i had stress dreams and will have stress dreams if i'm not taking care of myself during the day so uh, let's see, Monica, <laughs> have you had any dream walking or lucid dreaming experiences? 
I definitely did. Um, but my experience in this um, has been sometimes it it happened the same thing would happen um, as I was awake, and then I've had um, a number of experiences like this. Okay, so um, a friend of mine, um, I, I for a while when I'm really like going with the flow and trying, making a conscious effort to not get in my own way. And um, I, I, for a while, I started having a lot of people call me and message me out of nowhere. And they're like, oh, last night in my dreams, you took me on a journey. And I'm like, okay, well, I need to get out of my own way more because it would be nice to remember those. So one day a friend of mine called me and she said, oh, I took her on a journey last, last night. And I'm like, you sure it was me? <laughs> But then she went on with this and she described exactly what happens, um, what the journey was. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that was that was definitely me because um, she was going through a really, my, my intention at that point was very significant here. She was going through a really bad divorce and she was just full on traumatized. And she's very aware of like um, how to clear that energy, but it was still very hard. So my intention the whole time, I was so worried about her. And, my intention was trying to just make sure I'm there for her all the time. So um, <laughs> I, I, I've had this sort of dream and this um, th this dream, this journey, a lot of times when I was either sleeping or just before I was sleeping, I just, even as a kid, I'd be like, okay, well, this is really boring here lately. So let's go do something fun. And the journey was basically flying over the earth and flying around the planet and flying over the trees and mountains. And then we'd fly over the ocean and then dive into the ocean and just keep flying there. And she's describing this whole journey to me. And I'm like, yeah, that's definitely me. This is something I did all the time as a kid. And that was like one of my favorite things. And I did it while awake or just before going to sleep. I'm like, okay, let's, let's go there. And I would also have it at, at, um, as the dream. And she was just describing exactly like I was teaching her to fly and she started um, flipping upside down and um, things like that. And um, I've had other sort of lucid dreams um, where I remember, okay, so I was born in Europe and I came here as a child. So for many, many years, I had the dream of going back to my my grandparents' property and just flying around all the buildings there and sort of pushing myself off like you know when you're at the edge of a pool and you're learning how to swim and you push yourself off the edge and you go into the water? I just kept flying around their property, pushing myself off the air, almost like propelling myself forward with every <laughs> little um, bit forward. And, and But I remember being very conscious and controlling that, being very aware and sort of flying a little clumsily like that in around many places and being very aware of it. Just, you know, sometimes after I became very aware that I was dreaming, I that would cause me to um, wake back up. But exactly what you guys have been saying here, that the more I'm conscious about getting out of my own way in general in life, um, it really, that just it happens automatically and it just happens more naturally. And it's like, um, I can make a conscious effort with it, but I found that making a conscious effort to, to lucid dream was not for me, in my experience, um, not as effective for me anyway, as just making a general practice for 
my every aspect of my life to just really um, let myself be in the flow, stop resisting everything, stop really literally getting in my own way is the best way of putting it. So that's so interesting because it's like different methods work for different people. And I just, it's like, it's not all one size fits all. And that's just so interesting to me. Like I have to be the person because I'm so methodical and I need to have my, my checklist. And I mean, I wonder if that will change when I do get better about getting out of my own way. If maybe I don't have to go through so many steps, I can just do it. Like, that's so interesting. I think also, you know, those, those, um, those checklists are like a good, um, it's almost like a training, you know, it's almost like you're mm-hmm. okay, you know, here's my bedtime routine. At this time, I turn off all electronics and I do this and then I do that. And it sort of starts training my brain, training my body that, okay, well, now we're, we're going to start settling down and we're going to start getting ready to go to sleep, especially, if, you know, sleep is something that is, you know, a, a difficulty for some people, right? So, um, and, and it's, I think, same with everything else. It's like our little, I don't know, uh, let's maybe I, call it like a, a, either a crutch or like our little comfort zone, maybe. I think that's really excellent too, Monica, because I find that when I'm learning something new, having a process makes it easier. And then once I learn it, I have more freedom and can play around with it. Absolutely. To, to be consciously aware, to um, pay attention was definitely the steps that I had to get good at this and then after I was good at it I could just choose it and walk into somebody's dream and I used to do a lot of my healing work on people at night and they would I would still be conscious and they would wake up and and message me hey you were just in my dreams so I think we haven't touched on that how we can walk into people's dreams and I do it you know I close my eyes I visualize joining them wherever they are and then I'm there with them and then I have my conversation yes that's yes, absolutely. Um, another thing that I think would definitely be connected with this, I mean, okay, you know, lucid dreaming and going into somebody else's dream. I've done also like a very conscious, and, and I, <laughs> for me, it's a little funny. I tend to like try to do a practice on one thing and then I kind of jump 20 or 20 or or 50 steps ahead of like what I'm trying to do. It's like, okay, well, picture your inner child. And then I traveled back in time and I actually remember this happening. There was somebody in my room and turns out, hey, that was me trying to picture my inner child. It's like, well, I actually traveled Stop. back in time. That's so cool. It's like, whoops, was that, is this not what I, I'm not supposed to do that, am I? I mean, I don't think there's any supposed to or not supposed to do. It is, you know, right? that's, that's amazing. So, so sometimes I kind of like stumble into funny things and it's like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Oh, wait a minute. This happened. I remember thinking. It's kind of like years. deja vu, you know, like, you're like, I've been here before. I've done that thing before. I, I, I know where I am, but I just don't remember being here. I wonder if that's like, you've been there in a dream before. I've actually, I actually, um, in this particular case, I actually remember that moment from my childhood. I remember I was really upset and I went to my room and I was crying on my bed and I was just really, really upset. I don't know. Somebody was just, I don't know what happened. And then I remember I just stopped and I'm like, there's something here. There's something here. There's something here. And I was trying and I was concentrating so hard. I was maybe 10 years old. I'm like really concentrating and really concentrating. And I remember, and I actually remember this happening. And then 
um, I remember I pinpointed where the thing was in my room. There was nothing there. I couldn't see anything, but I felt it. And in the meditation where I traveled back to myself to, you know, imagine your, in your child, that's actually the angle I was looking at myself from, from that exact spot. So at that point, when I realized, wait a minute, that was, this was me. That, that was me that came to my room. And I was at that point, I kind of um, bilocated, I guess. And I was in both at the same time. So I was like experiencing both at the same time. And I'm like, oh, but um, what I was going to get to earlier was that um, I think that like astral projection or remote viewing um, also comes into play because I've done that consciously as well, where I've gone to visit friends, um, especially when they're going through like a bad day or like or a really bad period of their life like i actually go visit them and i go see them and then i actually was able to even tell them more or less not exactly but like a rough version of what they were wearing and and like um where they were walking like i saw my cousin walking from um her place to the car and i remember like getting like a vision of even like her exactly like her hair more or less what it looked like and i could even tell you what more or less the scarf looked like that's so interesting i i feel like that might connect back to i remember christina yeah. Nora when the first episode that i joined i don't remember exactly what we were talking about but i do remember one of the topics that came up was we all share a consciousness we all you know so i wonder if like astral projection is almost tapping into that i, I don't know anybody well, have any ideas on that <laughs> Um, I'll just say in my case, I also tapped into the energy um, there, like her her energy. It was like more about the energy and, and just um, being able to like, I don't know, just energetically see it, not just not just picture her. It was really feeling her emotional pool. Mm -hmm. But okay, Christine, you were going to say something. Uh, I, I do believe that we can overlap a lot of these different processes like you say astral projection and dream walking their the methods are so similar it's just where you're ending up and joining somebody in dream world is similar to joining them in the universal conscious mind which is like you said we're all connected and then walking into somebody else when we're asleep we can dream walk into them being awake and be able to see out their eyes <laughs> so i think it just depends on what we play with and the methods we want to try essentially you're setting your intention and following through on that it's so interesting i love all this so much you guys like, i love it um phoenix we have not heard from you and i just really want to hear anything you have to say on dream walking and you know lucid dreaming astral projection because i think you might have something to say about that <laughs> phoenix are you there i can't hear you you're on mute Maybe, maybe not. All right, we'll come back to you. Um, what about you, Thomas? I can figure out how to unmute myself today. <laughs> <laughs> I was really enjoying the conversation today and the, the storytelling about dreamwalking. It's not a subject that I'm really familiar with. Um, but I will say this. It sounds like there's a point of, a point of power in each one of these stories where there seems to be a succinct shift in 
the physical life because of the stream walking. And in my own personal experience, I have at times felt that there is a leading uh, quality to some of my dreams, like leading me into a certain direction. And that's something that I seem to, uh, that I heard in everyone else's story as well. And I, I'm really fascinated by, by what everyone's had to say. And I really appreciate uh, this topic today. It's very timely. Oh, good. Well, I'm thank complete. you for sharing that. I, I appreciate that. I uh, So that just actually made me think of, um, so for a while there, I was, oh, sorry, Christine, go ahead. Oh, no, you can, I'll, I'll come in after you. Oh, okay. Well, I had a hard time explaining, like, to myself what being spiritually awakened was. So for a while there, I followed paganism, you know, being awakened, because being able to assign a name to these things was easier for me to understand it. And so I had this meditation that I would do all the time, and I had this intent that I set before going to bed. I want to find, you know, my spirit guides. And I remember I would set this intent almost every night, and I would get so close, and then something would pull me back. And this went on for a few weeks, and then one night I had a dream that a white moth... um, fluttered down I was like I was outside I don't know what I was doing I was just out there barefoot my feet on the grass it was dark obviously you know the moon the stars it was beautiful wonderful evening and a white moth fluttered down and landed on my shoulder and it said my name is Alara and I was just like okay hello Alara and she said I'm here to protect you and okay I'm here to guide you okay cool and then I I woke up and I heard I didn't wrote down the name Alara and white moths, and I did a bunch of research on the symbolism between white moths and things like that, and it kind of led me to the mother of demons. Like I said, I was down the pagan Wiccan path, uh, um, Lilith, and I did a bunch of research on Lilith, and going down that path, I kind of just connected with Lilith, and I remember meditating to Lilith and feeling such a, and it wasn't even a dark energy, like, you know, people in that mindset would describe it was just a mothering energy and i remember talking to christine a few months ago saying hey is it possible that these gods these demons these you know entities that paganism wiccan you know assign these names is it possible that these are these energies that have existed for a long time but people like myself needed to assign a name to it And Christine had said something along the lines of like, yeah, that's absolutely possible. If it's easier to assign a name to something, it's easier to call that energy to you. So while I was essentially, I hate this word, worshiping the goddess Lilith, which is not what I do anymore. I do resonate with the energy that I think a lot of people assign to Lilith. Um, I hope that makes sense. I just went off on a whole tangent. (laughs) Ah, yes. You know, I get that too, because there'll be times in in session in the past when I used to do, you know, like five to six sessions a day where there would be a particular energy that would just keep coming in. And eventually we would, we would assign it a name so that we could recognize it as a name to talk to each other in a group. And I remember when hope kept coming in all the time and glory and it's they're very distinctive energies and again the name just is so we can communicate with each other about it but it doesn't change the energy and i want to add one other thing since she did go off on that demon tangent is in my own work 
I've come across demons and they're not necessarily demonic in, in the way that we look at this is a bad thing. Uh, what I found were, were demons were people that were um, beholden to earth, that they were angels that lost their wings and that they had given up their ability to leave the planet in order to serve the planet. That was my personal experience with the demons that I've ran into. Yes, and I agree with that 100%. Awesome. And so it doesn't have to necessarily be that they're they're bad people, that they're, you know, you don't have to sacrifice to them. I believe when those part, you know, when parishioners did live that way, it was because they were following their own institution and not necessarily the person that they were giving service to or worshiping. Exactly. I, for me personally, um, I don't believe in how a lot of religions assign the word evil or dark to demons and other entities. For me, in my experience, it is all just energy. It's not necessarily good and it's not necessarily bad. As human beings, we have to assign names to things to understand it better. And when we don't understand things often, people are scared. And so you automatically install a fear within that and within yourself towards this energy. And the energy that I perceive and that I named Lilith, I don't feel that this energy is dark or horrible or awful or mean or anything. If anything, it's one of the most calming and mothering energies I have ever felt in my life. And when I am having a hard time, that is the energy I call upon to help myself. Nice. I like that. Um, the thing I wanted to bring up about the dream walking is the, the another detail that I noticed um, that makes it different between lucid dreaming and dream walking is in a lucid dream, I'm aware that I'm dreaming and I'm communicating in that dream, but I'm still being guided through the dream normally with, oh, this is happening next. But in dream walking, I walk into the dream and I have to make the choice in order for something to change. But the dream doesn't continue unless I make a thought or a decision um, because, again, I'm, I'm actually alive and awake in this moment. And that's the way real life is. Life doesn't happen to me. It happens because of me. So when I'm in a regular dream, the dream keeps going no matter what I do. And it changes scenes and it just moves on. Even if I'm thinking of wanting to stay where I'm at, the dream keeps going. But when I'm dream walking... If I sit still, then I'm just sitting still like I am in real life and nothing happens until I decide to get up and move. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So would the way you just described it makes me think that I've been unintentionally unintentionally dreamwalking then because there are times where I can control things that are happening and I can say, no, I don't want to kiss that hottie. I want to kiss that hottie when I'm having my weird Grey's Anatomy dreams. Don't mind me. I'm super basic. Like it. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, then there's times where I'm in these weird, freaky, like, worlds. Like, just in... And then some. And I'm essentially a character, that's the best way I can say it, in that place. It's literally like I'm on a plane. Now that I'm, like, thinking about this and saying it out loud, I wonder if that is dreamwalking as well, or is that just Aubrey's crazy brain? I don't know. Well, it could even be out of body into another dimension. There's there's so many options there. Um, another way I know that I'm in a dream is there's two things that can happen for me. as Everything will be overly vivid, but then I might be out of body when things are overly vivid too, so that can go either way. Or in a dream state, the whole world doesn't fill in. So like right now, when I look off into the distance, I can see until I can't see anymore. 
And when I'm dreamwalking, if I look off into the distance, unless I make a decision to create something off in the distance, there's, it's just kind of gray. There's nothing there. So that's one way I can tell, too. That is so crazy. This is, like, giving me chills. I love it so much. And it, like, gets me so excited to, like, practice so I can, like, do all this. Like, I'm like, yeah, look at me go. Um, <laughs> but for real, like, it's just so intense and so amazing to me what our minds can do and where we can go and the places we can travel that are not on this earth. And I am just so happy to have found people like all of you that are like-minded that are just excited to explore this side and support each other in our growth. So I just thank you all so much. Like I really, truly appreciate it. Our pleasure. I'm sure. I want to add um, one more piece because uh, it sounds like you might be ready to wrap this up. And, and yes. so I want to make sure I get this last piece in when I'm, when I'm in a big need and I know, and, and Monica talked about this too, about having a behavior that you do at bedtime when I'm in a really big need and I know that I want to be conscious and do something in the dream world, but I'm, I'm doing it because I'm searching for some information or trying to find a detail or run into somebody that has something that I need that I can pull into my conscious world. I always do it by opening up to looking at the sky and then asking whoever's coming in to form as a cloud in the sky so that I know how to get to them and find them. So that has been very effective for me. And again, I find that if I'm watching and observing a clear blue sky, as the sky changes, it's the response from somebody else, and it's not me, because I'm focused on seeing only a clear blue sky. So that is another method I use in order to bring my conscious thoughts into the dream world so that I can make sure to pull the information out. Because otherwise, I can go dream walk, but it just stays in my subconscious. And if I desperately want it into my conscious thoughts, this is my method. That's really awesome, Christine. Thank you. I just had a thought that I, I forgot to mention earlier. Um, that, okay, so, like, you, we have these this process that we go through. It's like, okay, we, we go step by step by step to get ourselves into this, into whatever state or whatever we're trying to do. The other thought I had is that is a great practice for practicing getting out of our own way. It's like, because... I, if, for me anyway um when i'm trying to meditate sometimes or i'm trying to do any particular thing my mind, mind will, will start to race it's like okay i don't know what i'm doing why am i doing this i'm not gonna manage to do this i'm gonna fail doing this i don't know what i'm doing same so, <laughs> yeah so um so it helps um quiet the mind it keeps my mind busy so that my mind can focus or that my whatever else can focus right but um it's like okay so that and everything else this this is like the best line ever is we have these as tools and we use these tools and you know these practices or these um crystals or these other whatever we may be using we use these tools so that we don't have to use these tools it's like well this is our sort of practice to to get there so that we are we don't need to use them it's like well if you get stranded on a deserted island and you don't have your crystals with you or you don't have your whatever you usually have you know some people play music or some people um and you don't have access to that it's like well you don't need it it, it was just like your little comfort zone your little um tool to learn how to get there so that Absolutely. you don't need to, to 
use anything else other than just okay boom i want to go there okay i'm there well it's kind of like also how i was saying earlier like it's sometimes easier to give something a name to be able to call upon it so it's kind of exactly. like with crystals or your tarot cards or whatever you use it's just something that helps set your intent Absolutely. and helps you you know be able to manifest what you need to easier until you can get to the point where you don't need to do that anymore it's just kind of like training wheels you know you need training wheels to learn to ride a bike and one day you're not going to need the training wheels you'll be just fine and i love crystals they're very pretty training wheels they make they're beautiful we love them (laughs) well i just want to thank all of you so much for listening today i was so nervous to leave this room and i was like messaging christine i'm like i don't want to do it i'm scared but (laughs) thank you all for supporting me and coming to chat for a little bit i really appreciate it and i kind of honestly want to talk about this again I kind of just want to take what we've learned today and maybe come back in a month or so and just see where everybody's at in their practice. Nice. Sounds good. Thank you, Aubrey. Yeah. This was so much fun. This was really wonderful. You did great. Oh, thank you. Great job today, Aubrey. Really nice. Thank you. You guys are so nice. All right. Well, I believe Christine is recording. I'm going to have to figure out how to record, so I don't have to make her do it anymore. But, uh, nice. yeah. For anybody awesome. who is not able to listen, you know, let's just let them know that they can listen on our website. And I guess I will talk to you guys later. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.